0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved.
1: Episode 516, air date February 4th, 2020. For more on the coronavirus and its spread, we turn to biological engineer Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai.
0: This virus, you know, the coronavirus, you know, uh, NCOV 2019, mm-hmm. the, the reason some people may be proliferating that on the internet is because, uh, you know, these viruses mutate and they're a little bit different. Uh, this is uh, the NCOV 2019 is part of a group of viruses called the coronavirus. And this virus is very similar to the SARS virus, except for around 1,500 nucleotide base pairs. So what I mean by that is if you look at the nucleotide sequence, which they've sequenced of the current coronavirus, it's around 29,000 base pairs. And there's about 1,500 people are saying, we don't know where it came from. Okay. So some people have used that unknowingness to start speculating, you know, did it occur in nature or did someone stick it in? So that's where it's coming from uh, because of that unknown nature of that uh, 1,500 pieces of the the base pair. That's why.
1: Is there a way to know whether it was something that was in nature that obviously maybe we haven't discovered yet, or if it was something that was engineered with somewhere within a lab?
0: Well, it's all probability, right? Mm -hmm. Some people have speculated, like, if you actually went into nature, and you start looking at, remember, this is what's called a zoonotic virus, which means it came from an animal. Uh, for example, the SARS virus was uh, started in a bat, went to what's, what was called the uh, dog raccoon, and then came to a human. Uh, the Middle East, you know, respiratory syndrome virus, that came uh, from a bat, then went into a camel, and then came to a human. What we know about this virus is that it's pretty clear it's very similar to the SARS virus, except for those 1,500 Uh, uh, base pair sequences started in a bat and the latest research i was just uh, reading today it's clear it went to a human but after that went human to human to human typically some of these viruses you know the origin goes from animal to human animal to human animal to human then human to human but i mean the only way you could discover this is if you actually started surveying animals in nature and got entire libraries of their viruses and as they were recombining and started doing a probabilistic measure. It's frankly very difficult to do that unless you started creating data banks of what viruses were out there in nature today.
1: Why the bat? Because obviously this is the second direct link in in recent time that is is related to the bat being able to start this virus. Why that animal? What makes that animal so susceptible to this type of virus? Not only if it's in them or receiving it, but also being able to spread it. And if it's so bad, why have we not just in in good faith just banned anything that involves having to eat a piece of bat?
0: Well, that's a good question. Well, first of all, you have to understand uh, in China they have a much wider range as you've ever everyone goes googles and people have been sending all sorts of crazy videos if you just go look at the broad range of things that are uh, sold in the chinese in a chinese market in china it's not just you know people are selling you know uh, cows and chickens and pigs there's a whole range of things including uh snakes and bats now bats fly right so Mm -hmm. they can transmit things in a much broader way um, and so that's one of the reasons, right? And the fact is that they're in these closed market situations where all sorts of infections and disease can thrive and, and under certain conditions. One of the interesting things about, uh, you know, as I mentioned, SARS came from bats, so did the, this coronavirus come from bats. The interesting point here is both of these viruses, and this is what we should be aware of, both of these viruses, when they land on a cell, so when, when the way it works is think about the cell as a big bubble, the, when the coronavirus is a small bubble landing on that cell, and the way it attaches to that cell is, think about it like Velcro, there's a a, a sticky portion on the cell, and the virus has another portion, and it can only land if they stick together, okay? And that sticking together is called a receptor. On the cell, it's the ACE2 receptor. Mm -hmm. Uh, The point is that that receptor was also used in the SARS virus. The important thing to understand here is the infectivity rate is a function of how well... You know, the virus can land on that cell, and once it lands, it's two bubbles fuse, and that's called the infection rate. At the 520 or 519 base pair sequence, we should be concerned because if a mutation takes place there, this stickiness can occur much faster. So what's interesting about this virus is, you know, one number, 17,000 people have been infected, mm-hmm. 2% have died. With SARS, the, uh, the death rate was 10%. With MERS, it was 30%. However, so it's spreading. It appears to be spreading faster, about four times, you know, two two to four times faster, but not as deadly. But again, we got to understand when SARS came out, only there were one billion travelers. Today there are four billion travelers. Which so br- this is you know we have to keep all, uh, all of this in context.
1: Well, and I actually like how you've explained it because that leads to the last question. That's why I want to have you before I let you go. I want to clear up the speculation that some are saying that this potentially could be because there was some sort of biomedical. Uh, chemistry that was being done for weapon usage within the town and within the area the way you just described it this seems almost like a nature is obviously responsible for this disease so what is your theory when people come at you and say you know what are your chances that this is actually a a type of a bioweapon that has gone bad and gone rogue
0: well look if you wanted to actually uh, use it as a bioweapon right you would uh, there would be a lot more death rates as of now again this is a moving. Story right. Mm-hmm. As of now, two the the death rate is two percent. The mortality rate right. Mm-hmm. It's not like MERS was, which was thirty percent. Out of the people that got infected, thirty percent died. The other important thing to note is when you really start looking at the cases, many of the people who died, except in one case of the five, the one analysis of the five people were below the age of sixty. Everyone else is, was above the age of sixty and had some type of pre-existing condition. Look, when we look at the flu every year about, you know, maximum about 800,000 people get infected, 60,000 people die, which is a 7.5% mortality rate. We're looking at 2%. I'm not saying people should not be concerned. You know, the countries are doing the right thing, isolating people. The more interesting thing that I'd be concerned with is, I mean, this is a, a, you know, are we in the age of bio-media warfare, right? Where it's not, uh, you know, a, a country like China wants to impose on its people the concept that, the unit party that they will take care of everything right mm-hmm. so one thing to be concerned about is you know can governments if they want to if people i mean this is again pure speculation right. put out a virus scare and then say how great they are at containing it you see and that can serve many different agendas so it's a very interesting if people want to think about it how does a virus news and how does media come together to talk about news versus we're not talking that much about the flu right we're not talking about many other things which are uh, have a much much higher death rate right. much higher you know infectious rate so why is this receiving so much uh news and i think that's a more interesting thing and what does that mean for public policy what does that mean to what was going on in hong kong right, right. there was these huge protests going on we don't hear a lot about that anymore coronaviruses uh, come to the forefront and that has become uh diminish relative to the news cycle.
1: Well and you also look at the pharmaceutical companies that are obviously getting government grants to try to research uh, viruses or to find solutions for it. There's all sort of unfortunately politics at play into all this. It sometimes doesn't actually find the cure and help the people who are being affected by it. But you're right. It's never just unfortunately about the sick patients. There's always a lot more factors involved. Thank you for coming on today and continue yep. to join us. I hope sure, you continue you're to continue to join us as we unfortunately this doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And hopefully you won't either. Thank you for joining us, Doctor.
0: Okay, Biwa, thank you.